0: Welcome to the Content Strategy Experts podcast, brought to you by Scriptorium. Since 1997, Scriptorium has helped companies manage, structure, organize, and distribute content in an efficient way. In this episode, we discuss content migration. Hi, everyone, I'm Bill Swallow, and today I have a special guest, David Turner of Data Conversion Laboratories, also known as DCL. DCL is an industry leader in data and content transformation services and solutions.
1: Hey, David. Hi, Bill. Thanks so much for including me today.
0: Oh, thank you for joining. And today we're going to take a look at content migration and talk about the players and parts involved. Yeah. So I think to kick it off, what is meant by content migration?
1: Well, that's a good question. It's actually kind of a a broad term. Uh, But in general, you're just talking about moving content uh, in whatever formats uh, to some kind of a new repository. Uh, In the work that, that we do at DCL, that typically means... Uh, Somebody's implementing a uh, a component content management system or maybe moving from one CCMS to another. Uh, Or a lot of times we work in scholarly publishing where they're changing website hosting platforms. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: all that to say, it's not always the most popular conversation. Um, I think I heard one technology provider recently say migrations are death, but, uh, (laughs) you know, they are an important conversation. And uh, those are the kinds of uh, content migrations we typically work on.
0: All right, so why might you need to migrate content then?
1: Okay, well, you know, depending on your use case, you actually might not have to do a lot of content migration. I mean, some some platform vendors will encourage you just to start from scratch, or or you might even be able to write a script to just kind of lift and load content. If you've got really well-formed content, you know, it can just work. But I think in most cases, you typically need to be thinking about the migration strategy. Um, Mm -hmm. Specifically, if you're, if you're moving from, like, say, um, an unstructured content management workflow to, you know, kind of this SCM or structured content management space. You know, like we've seen in tech docs or like we're, we're starting to see a lot more in life sciences, uh, educational publishing. Uh, in these instances, it's not just about moving the content and, and loading it to the new system, but you actually have to transform the content from the unstructured formats like Word or InDesign um, into component based formats like DITA, or other flavors of XML. And and ultimately you have to do that in a way that, that minimizes manual cleanup. Mm-hmm. Uh, now on the scholarly publishing side, it's a little different. There's you're typically uh, not necessarily moving uh, to a new kind of XML. Uh, you might be taking decades of content and just kind of updating those content models. And so really for, for them, You know, they're looking to try to clean things up, get rid of some warts, make sure that links are working, things like that. So,
0: So, and I can imagine it's not particularly easy to move from something that's unstructured like Word or InDesign into some kind of structured content like uh, XML.
1: No, absolutely not. And I think, (laughs) you know, I I personally didn't understand how much of this, uh, how difficult it was when I first started, but all it takes is spending, um, you know, a day trying to convert a, uh, a Word document to uh, some data document and you'll pull your hair out. Even if you have some technology that'll automatically automatically do it. So typically you've got to, you've got to think about these things with a big picture and uh, you've got to really approach them in a, in a strategic way. So in any case, while you know a lot of, a lot of the, your tech providers don't like to necessarily emphasize the need for content migration, it really can be a critical piece. Um, one of my favorite quotes, I think from the, uh, the SAS Institute says that bad data is the leading cause of the failure of IT projects. And um, I think you can just insert the word content in there as well. The data that is in and around your content, if you don't get that right, it, it, it's going to cause your project to fail.
0: Oh, uh, yes, definitely. So what's involved in a content migration then at that case?
1: Well, can I give the favorite answer of all consultants, technology providers, and service providers? I'll just say it depends. <laughs> we use that one too. <laughs> I think that's a very, honestly, it does depend on a lot of different factors. I would say, first of all, how much content are you moving? Um, If you're just moving a little bit of content, maybe it's just some simple in-house expertise. Uh, But if you're bringing content together from a lot of different legacy systems, you know, you might need a lot more help. Mm -hmm. How big of a change is this for your team? You know, for the, like a scholarly platform migration, there's very little in change management, uh, but if you've got a team of medical writers who are used to working in Word and are now going to be working in, in DITA or, you know, some other flavor of XML, that's a huge change management endeavor. And so there's there's going to be more involved with that migration. Uh, and then, uh, honestly, when you look at content formats, that's going to be another piece of this. So, you know, is scanning required? Uh, is this is this just Word content? Or do you have, you know, Word and InDesign and PowerPoint and RoboHelp and FrameMaker and do you have a lot of du- you know duplicate content? So there, there's a lot of that, um, a lot of those things that that go into that'll help determine what you need. But in general, I'd say uh, you can pr- probably group the players uh, in the ecosystem into three big groups. Mm-hmm. First of all, is the is the technology vendors. So that would be your your platform provider, or if you're moving to a CCMS, that CCMS provider. Typically, there's some add-ons to that. So with a CCMS, sometimes they have an onboard editor for. Uh, doing the XML. Mm-hmm. but other times you'll you'll want to bring in you know a, a third party editing tool, some sort of a structured content authoring or editing tool. And similarly, you might have some sort of providers on the back end that are going to automate your export formats or or manage your your delivery out to different different places. So those are those are kind of the key players, I think, in terms of the the technology piece. From a services side, you're going to have, um, depending on how big of the, the engagement is, you, you're probably going to have a systems integrator of some kind. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to need to have a good conversion vendor, um, and almost definitely you're going to need to have a, a good consultant. Um, and that's oh, yes. really that's really the services side. And then, I, you know, I think internally you also need to re- be thinking about who your who your players are, an internal project leader, ideally somebody who sits in between the content people and the IT side. Mm-hmm. um because in my experience a lot of times you know a project that is just led by the the tech side those tend to fail and similarly mm-hmm. if somebody's just trying to lead it from that content team side they're going to run into a lot of trouble but if you can have that person in the middle who speaks both languages and can be that champion mm-hmm. that'll really you know help you to, to have success and then that person needs to also cultivate some other internal project champions. Another sure way to to fail is to have a good internal project leader. And then a year from now, that person goes someplace else and, you know, nobody else is there to sort of pick up the mantra. So that person's got to be really good at sorting to sort of spreading the gospel, if you will.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's very true because once all of these other players leave, all you are left with to keep things going is that internal team. So if, if they, yeah, if the internal team doesn't have a game plan going forward, then the whole initiative really can fail. Absolutely. All right. So you have all of these players, all of these different parts going on. How do they all work together?
1: Well, you know, I think you know the technology vendors, it's, uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. And, and most of the time, the technologies have been made to kind of work together. So you'll have the CCMS, which is your place to, to store the content, manage the content, share the content, reuse the content. Yep, and then there'll they'll be an editing tool that's that's typically already been integrated in some way, and then the rendering tools and things like that. On the service provider side, you know, if I were going to start one of these projects, I would start probably with the consulting piece. Um, you know, having a consultant, they can ask the hard questions, develop, help develop those internal leaders, implement the change management,
0: mm-hmm. and and
1: really, I think, you know, one of the things that I think is most critical is being able to stay focused on that big picture. From a format side, they also help to do things like establish content models, content standards, uh, content workflows, et cetera. Have I left anything out on the consulting side? I think uh, you might have some expertise there.
0: Yeah, I I think you hit all the big ones. But yeah, the big one around there is change management because, you know, any kind of project where you're moving from one technology base or several into another basically everyone's whole world is going to change at that point. So being able to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row with regard to every aspect of that process really helps. And again, it it helps inform that team and that team champion and the ones that they're working with to keep things rolling uh, to have that game plan going forward. Absolutely.
1: So after the consultant, I think a, a good place to get involved now is is with the conversion vendor, right? The conversion vendor is is going to then take a look at this this valuable asset, this this content that you have, and it's going to help you to to meet those content standards that were established by the consultant. You know, at DCL, we actually do a lot of upfront analysis on these kind of projects to to optimize the content uh, for whatever the new platform is and to minimize any cleanup. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we can really do it. You know, so many people look at these projects and think it's an all or nothing kind of a proposition. I have to bring everything or nothing. And we can do a measured approach. You know, maybe start with a small amount of content. Then that leads to ingesting one content type a little further down the road. Then maybe ingesting another a little further down the road. And um, we'll convert those content formats. We'll provide QA. We'll help clean up metadata. I should probably also just, you know, caution you. Don't overlook this part. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes you'll have people that, you know, haven't maybe worked with a maybe a data integration before and and they'll think, "Uh, oh, you know, can can't we just write a script?" <laughs> you know, internal developers, you know, look at this and they go, "Oh, I, we we should be able to just automate this." Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would just again caution you because again, bad data kills 80% of projects and you know, your content is not an afterthought. It's it's an asset. Yep. And you'll spend actually a lot more fixing bad content transformations later than, you know, just investing well in the first place. So,
0: yeah, it's, it's a garbage in garbage out thing.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, your user's experience is going to depend on that. So, uh, you know, what, what they get from your content really is a reflection of you as a company and, um, it, it it'll lead to more sales or it'll hurt sales. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Of course, you know, the systems integrator, they're going to be handling the plumbing, you know, making sure that the tech environment works properly, whether it's, you know, cloud hosted or internally hosted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're going to try to make sure that all the technologies are working together seamlessly. You know, maybe, you know, they'll take, you know, this is how we're going to do the workflows. Well, they'll actually implement that and and make sure the inputs and outputs are working, uh, et cetera. And then, you know, the other really important piece, as I said before, are the internal players. They're going to work with a consultant to make sure that the company has everything it needs. And learns to stand on its own because, you know, as we talked about before, the consultants and integrators eventually won't be there every day. So um, this internal staff needs to make sure that things are, are documented, needs to make sure that they're actually able to use this content, which is why it's important to get the conversion done right at the beginning. And then be able to help, you know, get the co- company culture to adapt to, to this new technology and these and these new processes to really ensure that that kind of long-term success. I guess I'd be saying in summary, there's a lot of moving parts, but, you know, knowing these players and kind of how they they fit in and, and placing some value on that um, is going to make that a lot easier. Um, and I think ultimately will help you to put together a plan that's, that's palatable for your, you know, for your management when it comes to migration.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we're going to cut it off here, but thank you, David. This has been a great chat and a lot of great information in there.
1: Well, thanks so much. And um, I look forward to maybe doing another one of these in the future.
0: Ah, That would be great. All right. Thank you for listening to the Content Strategy Experts podcast brought to you by Scriptorium. For more information, visit scriptorium.com or check the show notes for relevant links.